You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. I am your host, Ryan, joined by my co-host with the most, Philip Ragnar Ramsey. Yes. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah. You got a fun uh, fun surprise date. I did. What, 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 yeah. what are you doing this yeah, weekend? Yeah, my wife surprised me. My son and I share the same birthday on November 17th for all of our listeners, all of our avid, faithful listeners. Yeah, we love you guys. Uh, it's November 17th, we share the same birthday. It's actually great because by the time we had my son, it was kind of at the point where you're like, I don't know if I love birthdays as much as I used to, you know, and so now we can just celebrate my son. But my wife always feels guilty that we don't have like something special for <laughs> Philip. We always just kind of make it special for Oakley. And and so this year, she surprised me. Uh, we're taking off to Kansas City, going to an uh, artist or like a concert that I've been kind of jocking. This guy's name is Teddy Swim. Uh, and he's just really unique. Yeah. He's got tattoos on his face. He's kind of like R&B oh. blues. R&B blues. Yeah, like it, it's just got a really unique voice, which I really like that. So Teddy we're Swim. going down to Kansas City to go to this concert, we'll go out to a fun dinner, and yeah. then we'll get up, have fun breakfast, and then come back. So super quick, uh, but that's my nice. next couple Good days. job, Aaron. Yeah. I have I might have a breakfast spot for you. Uh, remind me after the show to okay. recommend it. It's, it's in the art district, and it's a really cool place. It's okay. like a South American vibe, but okay. really good food. All right. Awesome. I'm in. But yeah, you just had another amazing experience a couple of weeks ago. You repeated your Ragnar adventure, and we did a previous episode from the first time you ran it. I think it was episode 21. I don't actually know. You, our library is not that extensive. You can go back and find it and listen. But now that you're a two-timer, I want to learn how the second time around went, what was yeah. better, what was more difficult, get into the nitty-gritty for those who aren't even familiar with what Ragnar is, let's start there. Like, how would you describe yeah. Ragnar? It's a eight-person relay race, and one person on your team will always be running. So uh, there's three loops that you go on. The loops consist of a three-mile loop, a five-mile loop, and a seven-mile loop. So everybody does those same loops? Yes, but maybe not in that order because yeah. you're at four and there's only three. So every time it's your turn, you do a different one. So my order is five miles three miles, seven miles. Save the longest for last. Yeah, because that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. um, and so... So as, 15 miles, if my math Yeah, 15 miles, okay. and then 120 if you divide fi- or times 15 times eight. Cool. It's 120 miles. And so it takes over 24 hours. You're running in the middle of the night at least once. Um, dark, maybe twice, depending yeah. on what your rotation is. And so this was the second year I did it because for those who are going to go back and listen... I absolutely got just demolished last year. Was it your knees? It was my knees. Yeah. yeah. And it locked up on the seven mile run about three and a half miles in. So could you're on trails, right? Trails. Yeah. It's not just like a bike yeah, this path. Is, this is like very rocky terrain, loose gravel, super hilly, hot Texas. Yeah. 
not ideal. Uh, <laughs> you know, middle of October. And uh, Texas has had a record, like, high in summer t- heat-wise. So I uh, was getting ready for that. But the first year, I just didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of have these campsites that are all around this park. I shouldn't say park. I think it's private property that this farmer lets you run around oh, wow. in. But they, they do a really good job of setting it all up. But it kind of looks like a refugee camp. Yeah. And it was just like un... A runner refugee camp. A runner refugee camp. Yeah. And so it was really un... Uh, it was out of my comfort zone. And in the last podcast, I spoke a little bit more about that. So this year, I came with a vendetta. Yeah. I came retribution. With retribution. I think was the word you used. Yes. <laughs> you were going to punish the race. I was going to. I was going to own the race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I knew what to expect a little bit more. And and so we we head on out. You know. And that was. I was excited, nervous, but mainly just like, well, how will how will it be different? Yeah. And I think the first thing that I remember or think about is having an a realistic expectation is huge. So going back a second time, I knew what to expect. I wasn't completely thrown off by, man, this is like a refugee camp, all <laughs> dusty. You know, where do you go to the bathrooms? All porta potties. Like, yeah. Um, so I was just out of my comfort zone the first time, but I knew what to expect going into it. So, so what did you, what'd you do differently to prepare maybe? Yeah. Um, not much. Okay. I did okay. a lot more rowing this year, All right. mainly because my, it was my annual goal and I kind of got behind the eight ball. So kind of like, to try to catch up to my, my annual goal and yeah. those listeners who know I do it on my birthday. So November 17th is coming up. I want to try to do a million meters road. Well, I basically took two months off. And so yeah. I had to come back and like really row hard. So that was helpful. I think just for cardio, where are you at with your birthday goal? Yeah. So I'm close. Okay. I'm at 70,000 miles left. I should be at eight eighty three thousand per month. I'm at 70,000 and I'm only, I only have like 16 days left. Yeah. 15 days left. So first I can do that. Right. So at the end of it, I was rowing about 15,000 meters a day. That took me an hour and five minutes to row. It's a good workout. It's a great workout. (laughs) So that was kind of my training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't run though, but I did get new trail shoes. So I was hopeful that those like my rowing break them in before the little bit, but not much. Yeah. Uh, and so going, and then I kind of knew what to expect, but here was the thing that changed uh, a couple things. The first thing is we went on Thursday night. The race starts on Sat Friday. Okay. So we went to the campsite Thursday night and camped out Thursday night, which when you camp, like my family and I camp, but we like glamp. We have cots, we have all the deal. It's nice and comfy. Yeah. We have a mat on the cots. Like it's basically a bed. <laughs> Uh, we came in as a sleeping bag yeah. on the ground. Luckily, my buddy Dan grabbed uh, kind of like a exercise mat. So we had like a half an inch to an inch cushion yeah. instead of the ground. So we had that and then the, the sleeping bag. Uh, but we went Thursday night. We get there. We set up camp. It's like pretty dark or it's getting dark. And then we just go to bed mm-hmm. for Thursday. Well, I get up and, you know, like you don't sleep great. Was camping. your whole team there at that point? No, it was just Dan, I, and a couple other people. Okay. So the whole team wasn't there yet. And the majority of our team was going to get there on Friday. Yeah. Um, but here was the situation. So in our rotation, I run last. And I wanted the exact the anchor. same. The anchor. I wanted <laughs> the exact same situation as last year because like I didn't want any changes. Yeah. I wanted everything as much as I could to be same. So, yeah. 
pipe in with any questions you have because I should sure, keep sure. talking. So, he, so we camp on Thursday night, and that was different than last year because I didn't sleep great. But my point in anchoring is, I don't. I sit there from I don't know. We woke up at like seven thirty on Friday. Our team races and starts at nine thirty on Friday in the morning. I don't race until six o'clock at night. Oh man. It's like, what do you do with yourself? What do you do with yourself, Ryan? <laughs> and last time we got there, I want to say we got there around nine o'clock on or eight o'clock on Friday. So I was already rested. I had a great night's sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like I was right. a little bit refreshed. And so sitting around all day was like, yeah, it sucks. But I kept walking down to the kind of base camp to kind of send runners off. Yeah, you're like come back. Big and, part of it is cheer cheerleading, right? Yes, and encouraging. Right. Uh, this year, I didn't do a great job of that because, oh. like, I was like preparing to because it was like a lot of steps down to the you know start because it's a long ways away. Did you run it at the same place as last year? Yeah, same okay. place. Okay, same conditions, buddy. Yep. The other thing I did different when I would go down to base camp because it's probably and I'm not exaggerating probably a little bit o- under a half a mile to just the base camp from the where our little camp station was. I feel like that should count as part of your. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, but. What I ended up doing is it's kind of all on this real big hill. And last year, I would walk sideways across this hill to base camp. So I was walking sideways. And I think that also did a number on my knees. Oh, okay. So this year, I would go straight down this hill to get to flat ground. And then I would cross over. And so it was a little bit different route. I was hopeful that would help. Yeah. And I didn't go down to base camp as much. So I just kind of stayed and hunkered down. Okay. Um, so... Is there stuff to do like at the camp? Like, are there is there music? Is there's is there music? Food? Yeah, there's music. Okay, there's a, there's some tents. There's like the medical tent vendors. And yeah, vendors. You can buy swag, but not a lot. Not to much. Occupy your no, right? Like, and then in the middle of the night, they have like a fire pit. Like, they have things going on, like a projector movie. But like, nobody cares about it. Like, it's not like a festival. No, okay. right? Because okay. there's you got a business to do. Right. You know. Yep. And so. So that was it. So finally, I, I run my five mile um, first mm-hmm. at like 6.30. And so anytime you're running and it's two hours before sundown, you have to wear your headlamp yeah. or you have to bring it just in case it gets dark because it's pretty ugly terrain. It's cool, but it can get dicey if it was too dark. So I go down around seven six thirty ish and I start running and run my five. But if you remember last year... I end up pacing this lady. She was a good runner, and we were clipping up pretty good up the hill. And it's probably the most elevation change out of the three loops. And then once we got up to the top, like her and I just screamed down this hill. Like, I mean, Uh we were going too fast. And I think that did a number on my knees. So as I was thinking about it, I was like, I'm not going to pace anybody. I'm just going to pace myself. I'm just going to slowly, but let my weight kind of carry me down this hill uh, and get done with the five. In, in a decent time. Like, I wasn't trying. Again, this was like, I don't care what my time is. I just don't want to die. So you're not shooting for a certain no, mile right. average. But I did, you know, me, because I'm competitive. With yourself. Yes. <laughs> like, it started kind of getting dark, and I was like, I want to get back before I have to put my headlamp on. Yeah. You know, although I have it, I don't want to use it. And have a great run. So everybody on our team has, like, a different leg they like to run. Okay. My favorite is the five mile. And I wonder if it's just because I'm fresh. Does that make sense? Because it's my first one. Uh, so there. So then I come back and I have dinner, just have a salad or something because I'm trying to eat healthy now. Did you bring your own food or you just bought food there? No, there is no food there, so you have to bring your food. Yep, everybody oh. in their camp. So like, you just had the coolers, coolers, yeah, gotcha. waters all over the place. Okay. So I have a salad, 
And then pretty much maybe like an hour and a half later, I'm just like, I'm going to go to bed because like, I don't have to run for another eight hours. Yeah. So that'd put you at what time? Three o'clock. 3 a.m. Yep. All right. Yeah. And that's interesting because this is all of our, some of us are second, some of us are third actually, but like you just kind of go down into like, we got to get this thing done. (laughs) And so we kind of have the system of like, all right, I'm going to put my alarm clock at three. I don't think I'll have to run till three 30, but I'll go down there and I'll try to, you know, figure out where we're at. Yeah. Cause I don't really want to wake anybody up at that time. And we did a lot better. Our team did a lot better of sleeping. How many people were in your tent? Uh, just two. Okay. Yeah. So Brandon and I, and Brandon, I took, so when Brandon was gone, I ended up getting, no, is that true? No, I would hand my baton off to Brandon. He started, I anchored. So that was nice. So at three o'clock, I go down for my second run, which is my three mile. And I get done with that. And to me, the three mile has got a lot of elevation. Not a lot of people like it. I don't mind it because it's dark. You just put your headlamp in front of you and you one foot over the next. Yeah. Are, you, are you walking for most of that? No. Because it is uphill no. and dark? Nope. Yeah, okay. I didn't walk at all on the three okay. mile. I definitely walked on the five mile. Um, and then the seven mile, it was like, everything was preparing for the seven. crawled. Yeah. The seven mile. <laughs> so we, we get down with the five uh, the three and I come straight back and I try to like wash off. Cause I mean, you're muddy and dusty and nasty. There aren't showers. No, there's no showers. I think there is showers, but I'm not doing it. You know, why not? Cause I just don't do that. <laughs> um, it just seems like a mess. And As it's like, it's to be dirty. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be dirty. Like that's what you do. So I get back in my tent and, and go to sleep. So I get probably back around 4, I'm thinking, 3.30. I, I don't know if I start at 3.30 or not, but it took me about a half an hour to do the three-mile. Yeah. Maybe a little bit over. So I go to sleep. So this is where the magic happens, okay? All right. So I go to sleep, and this is like the biggest cool thing that happened this year. Okay. Was as I was sleeping, like everybody knew Philip has come for the seven, you know, like, and they're like ready and blocking and tackle. And like, so they know like Philip's probably not the best teammate this year. Cause he's just going to try to sleep and oh. do better. Right. <laughs> uh, be better, Philip. And while I was sleeping, the whole team realizes like, okay, Philip's plane leaves from Houston. I can't remember. It was like, uh, man, six o'clock. I think it was like six o'clock and they realize it's a four and a half hour trip back and they realized that i'm not gonna make my flight a four and a half hour trip from the camp from to the, the camp airport to the airport oh wow so they like are doing the math for me and they're like philip is toast so like, this you hadn't this kind of blindsided you you hadn't oh no idea through, and okay. like honestly i would have missed a flight for it like we have we yeah. are getting this yeah thing, okay but they are feeling like it's just so cool to have like a yeah. team thinking of you when you're not even thinking. I don't of know how anybody would have even figured that out. Well, That's yeah, because they kind of know like I'm the only one from Iowa. Everyone else is from Texas, you know. And so, oh, gotcha. So th- I think maybe one person was like, well, when does Philip's flight leave? Yeah. And last year I, I flew out of San Antonio, which is super close. Uh-huh. Not super close, but close enough. This year I flew out of Houston and I thought I had a, just an ample amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, our team was running slower than they did last year. Okay. Which is a problem. All right. And so now that I anchor it and I have the seven mile at the end, like it's kind of in my head going to take me an hour and a half. Last year it took me two hours and 18 minutes because I locked up. Yep. (laughs) 
But this year I was like, okay, maybe an hour and a half. And they did all this math and they realized Philip is going to miss his flight. You will have to run a four minute mile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I get up around, I don't know when I try to stay in my tent as long as I can, eight o'clock. And I come out and like, I can just tell like somebody's like, okay, we got a preposition for you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like hit me. And they're like, well, we've done the math. You're going to miss your flight. Unless we flip flop you with Misty and Misty had the exact same loops, the five mile, the three mile, the seven mile, but she just ran it about two hours sooner. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yep. And so I, I didn't take me that long. Cause I was like, okay, as much as I want to have the conditions exactly like last year, I kind of want to hit my flight. You yeah, know, like, I also want to go home. <laughs> I kind of want to go home. Yeah. And I've been camping for, you know, yeah. two days. And so I was like, all right, let's, let's switch it up. Yeah. And okay. So this is something else that was really cool this year is it was an eclipse. The eclipse was happening. And in our like race bag, everyone got like eclipse sunglasses oh, yeah. to be able to see, yep. which is kind of neat. The cereal box yeah. glasses. And because I know s- some people, we were cheering on multiple teams, right? Like our campsite is actually three teams. One other team that does the, uh, regular Ragnar, our team that does a regular Ragnar. And then I had a friend that did the ultra marathon, uh, ultra Ragnar, which okay. he has to do every loop twice. Oh, so he's running 30 miles in yeah. 24 hours. So yeah, that's an ultra. Just that's like for a marathon. An ultra. Yeah. Right on. So we went down, um, now like we've made the, the switch. So now I'm going to run in a different order. So I actually ran, I think like the fifth round instead of the eighth on the mm-hmm. last one. But uh, my buddy Dan finishes ultra right when the eclipse, like, I mean, like right when it happened. Nice. So that's super cool. Magic. Right? Yeah, magic. Magical. And from what he did, like 30 miles, it is magical. It was really cool. So, so then I was still starting to feel guilty, though, because when the eclipse came, it was like super cool, mm-hmm. like temperature wise. But when that sun, you know, the, when it all came out, it was hot. Yeah. And so I was like, Misty, are you OK? Like, it's going to be hot when you run that seven and she's like oh yeah i love hot and she's kind of a beast so (laughs) i get it anyway so i gotta run the seven uh long story short i killed that thing yeah i smoked it i got back you know an hour and a half ish maybe like hour and 33 minutes or whatever yeah so improved your time by like 45 minutes yeah that's awesome that's good when you don't amazing when the knees work lock up yeah Yeah. (laughs) had a great like just run it started kind of getting hot but Again, I wasn't trying to kill it, and I walked several times, but I didn't feel bad about it. You know, like I was just like, I'm going to feel good. And then as I'm walking back, like super grateful that the team kind of like went ahead and like thought for me yeah. and like kind of put my needs above theirs and thought through that. It was super nice. Kind of walking back to the camp, I was like, ooh, my knees are sore. Yeah. Um, but my, I think my trail shoes helped a lot. Um, and then right when we got back to the camp, we realized like, I got to go now. Like we don't have time. So Dan who ran the ultra, um, he, he and I got in the car and we took off four and a half hours. Is he on the same flight as you? No. So he lives in Texas. Oh, gotcha. So he was just driving me, which is my fault that I just didn't do out of San Antonio. I don't really know what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, but we get to Houston airport, uh, FYI, it's a notoriously great airport. There's uh, two airports (laughs) in uh, Houston for those who don't know. I found that out the hard way. Uh, when Dan come to pick me up, he's like, hey, I'm here. And I'm like, I'm here too. And he's like, what airport are you in? Oh, no. <laughs> You're like, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and he's like, You're in the other airport. Okay. So we get me there. 
Again, Ryan, I just stepped off the trail, went into the car, drove for four and a half hours, walked Ooh. straight into the airport. And it's like the same thing that happened last year, which I was not wanting to do. Where last year I had to end up taking like a family bathroom and like yeah. trying to I feel myself. for whoever sat by you on the plane. Oh, my gosh. So same <laughs> thing happened. So I have to go to this bathroom and try to like clean off. This year I brought like, I, they're not like dude wipes, but kind of. Yeah. You know, like, so I got to like. I'd look decent. <laughs> you wouldn't have known. I'll just say that. But I uh, got to clean up, got on the flight. And then as I was in the flight, you know, like those tight chairs, like my knees were just like locking up. So oh, again, yeah. I kind of like wobbled out uh, when I finally got to Des Moines airport, but had a great year. Nice. And I think the biggest takeaway was, is like, you got to surround yourself with people that sometimes puts your like needs and wants in front of their own. And then take time to think through that and how that's going to affect you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they didn't need to do that. You know, yeah. like I could have come to the realization and then my, how I would have thought through that is like, well, I'm going to miss my flight because yeah. I'm not going to not run that rate or, you know, that leg. That's what yeah. I came here for. Um, but would have yeah. thrown everything off. So I think it's especially cool that they took that consideration when like by your own admission, you maybe weren't the most engaging or yes. like right. gregarious teammate yes. that year because you were so locked in on your yes. goal and they still were like, all right, Philip's got this, yes. this dilemma. Yes. Let's help him figure it out. Before I even knew I had a <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, kudos to them, to your Isn't team. Great? Yeah. I actually want to talk about your team. So I was doing a little little Ragnar research, um, just kind of learning about how the teams typically work. So did you guys have a team name? We did. What was it? Uh, Carpe, no- Carpe Nocturne. Noctem. Seize Nocturne. the Night? Yeah, Seize the Night. Nice. Whatever that I is. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So how many, eight, eight runners total? Eight runners total. How many new runners versus veterans? Any new runners? Uh, no, no new runners. Okay. Any new teammates as far yes. as like people new who had teammates. done it before, but they were new yep. teammates. Yeah. How right. many? Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. There was one new teammate and one new runner. Okay. There was two Don't or three Don't lie to me. New, just, we yep, can be I'm truthful here. <laughs> uh, there was three new teammates, one runner that had never ran before. Cool. And it was Misty's husband. He was awesome. Okay. He did so good. Nice. And But he was nervous because Misty's a beast. And so he was like, I don't want to embarrass you. And I'm like, you're in the right team, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to be embarrassed in any way. Was your boy Marco there? No, he wasn't. Oh. Marco's wife had a birthday okay. this year. So he knew he had to be out. Good husband. Yeah. And like, here's another thing, too, just to like edify the team. Is like they were like, Philip, are you coming back next year? And I was like, No, guys, like this is it. This yeah. is my farewell tour because I just want to do better. You know, yep. <laughs> that's why I'm back. Yeah. And they still were like, Okay, well, as we, the race kind of went on, they're kind of like, We're good with this too. Like, this could be our farewell tour. Too. Okay. You know, and then they're like, It wouldn't be that we wouldn't do another Ragnar. It's just probably not here because we've done it before. Yeah. So you can do them all over the country, right? Oh yeah, right. So they were talking about like maybe North Carolina or whatever. Yeah. So who knows what that'll be, but I've done the Texas Ragnar. So you're saying no to another Tex- Texas experience, yes. but leaving the door potentially open for a Ragnar elsewhere. Yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah. Nice. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Yes. You admitted that you weren't the most encouraging because you were hyper-focused, but I still want to know, like, what do you feel like was your most valuable contribution to your team in, in spite of that, maybe? Well, you know, I like to laugh. I like to, I like to have fun and I like to encourage people. Like to me, encouraging, I can do that all day. Yeah. Will I go down and, you know, send you off? Probably not. But like, (laughs) 
um, you know, I might do that too. Like if I could tell like somebody was like really dragging, but last year I could see that more because I wasn't in my tent. Right. So I could see like Meredith was like, I don't want to go. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'll walk you down. Like, you know, so, yep. uh, kind of sent her off. But this year I just was more, so I'd say encouraging and just kind of making people laugh yeah. and just kind of be morale honest. is key yeah. in an environment right. like that. Asking good questions I thought was good. So, uh, Brad is Misty's husband. Mm-hmm. And the first question that I had out of my mouth is uh, he has a pinky ring. Oh, and I wow. Was like, tell me about your pinky yeah, ring. Yeah, I'm going to need you to explain that. Yeah, like that was my <laughs> first question of poor Brad. So maybe encouragement, asking questions. Um, but he's an architect in Canada. Okay. So here's something Sherlock Holmes-ish. If you see somebody who has a pinky ring on their dominant hand, that's probably that they're an architect. Wait, why? Because they want to remember, I'm going to botch this, their due diligence they have to society and the safety that they have to do with architecture as they're doing their work. So it's like on the ground, like right like close as they're to the, writing. Yeah, as they're, huh. it's on the paper. So anyway, I love that story. So immediately I was like, that's that's cool. Yeah. You know? So anyway, it was just, it was cool. So just asking good questions um, and, you know, just, just seeing people again, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. Who is your, every team has a captain. Yeah, Brandon. So, Brandon. Brandon, okay. yeah. And so what's his role? Like, he kind of recruits the members. Is he in charge of, like, bringing the equipment, delegating, like, who runs when? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. We kind of all just kind of as a group think. But he goes and gets our race packet. And then, oh, so this is something cool. Like, Brandon is, like, super selfless. Like, and he's quirky. Like, he he and I's humor are the same. Nice. But at the end of the day, like, if you need something, Brandon's going to be there. Like, he's super loyal. Yeah. And so there was somebody on the ultra team that didn't want to run in the middle of the night, and he took that that leg for her. Oh, for, like, a different team? For a different team. Yeah, wow. because, I mean, she was in the camp. But, like, and so they all knew each other more than I'd know them. But he was like, yeah, I'll run that for you. You know, so, wow. so, so I would say he's the guy that probably has to run if somebody's like, I got hurt, then he'd probably have to run that leg. Yeah. Or he'd have to, like, hey, let's talk through this. Who's going to run it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I could see, like the flip side of that coin of like running for someone is like how much as a leader do you feel like, no, I actually just need to like speak life into yes you right now. You right. don't want to do it. I want to motivate you versus I'll just take yeah. it off your plate. Yeah. That can be true. And so everybody in our team ran pretty much exactly what they should have except for Philip and we flip flopped, you know, yeah. Misty and I. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we had a great team and again, we were slower than last year, but I love it because it's not about the time. It's just about like, hey, let's get this done. Yeah. There are teams that are really focused on their time. Yeah. That was another question I had. So how much is it of the uh, experience is like competing against other teams versus competing against yourself? Like, is there a winning team or? Yeah, there is a winning team. Okay. And then they have these like sprints where I don't understand all of it, but basically you only have to go through, you only have to go through like two of the legs. It's weird. But uh, they also had different, like, lengths. They have the ultra, they have the regular, and then they have these sprints. And then if you are running the regular or ultra, they have winners of that, winners, winning teams. And, yeah. Um, but no individual, maybe maybe best time, but maybe no real individual. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you're that. You're more so focusing on, like, the collective right. effort, right. which is cool. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. So I think that's – it's it's a fun part of it, but – Really, what you want to do is just make sure you can finish your... Yep. And like a race, if you think about a race, if you just sign up for a turkey trot, like, is it a race? Like, to me, no, it's a run because a race are the people who are going to win it, you know? Yeah. 
and I'm not really usually running to win something. I'm running to like complete it. Yeah. Um, but, and that was the same. It, everybody at the beginning, I shouldn't say everybody, but they kind of have different start times that you do depending on what you think that your team will run it in. So all the people that are slower, I bet our team, we started earlier in the morning on Friday, 930. But like a team that's like really dialed in might even start at one o'clock okay. in the afternoon and still be and still be yes. yeah right uh, so <laughs> so laughing. we start at nine thirty and like all of them kind of start in that same uh, conglomerate like it, fifteen teams start so but that's really the only time that you'll start with somebody because everybody else is now staggered so Brandon love the guy he had to start because he's our leader he's starting he's doing yeah. his three mile. And like his strategy every year is like everyone pass him at the beginning and then he starts out the slowest <laughs> and uh, then he just kind of like he doesn't he doesn't care. Right. But then yeah. he probably passes some people. Yeah. But also, you know, he enjoys it. That tortoise way. in the hair the mentality. The hair. Brandon. Yeah. So after running Ragnar twice, what does it reveal to you about yourself and like your health and fitness journey? Like has it expanded the the limitations of what you feel like you're comfortable in that area? Like what's next for you on your, yeah. your fitness journey? I, Any aspirations to like run a full marathon or? Well, I have done that. You have done that. Uh, okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I have that in Des Moines. So you got to do an ultra now. No, I don't have to do an <laughs> ultra. I've done an, uh, a marathon. This is a good mental and physical limit. 15 miles. Isn't that, l- that long really the terrain makes it l- harder. And then the waiting around is a more of a mental thing than yeah. anything. And then for sure, that order of the five, the three, and the seven is pretty tough because, I, I mean, you could have a seven-mile first, so you'd be fresh, then a five-mile, so you'd be, pretty, you'd be pretty tired after that. But then you know that you only have a three-mile left. Yeah. You know? so, but for, for me, it's like a five, a three, and I still have half the race left. You right. Know? And not sleeping well, and, you know, it's going to be hot. Yeah, so, I could see how that would be daunting. Yeah. So for me, I think... I always love to challenge myself. True story. I was supposed to go back to Texas for a Spartan race, and it was a half marathon um, with Dan and Brandon the next weekend. And that's like through obstacles. Like yeah, 30 obstacles. Water and r- half a climbing marathon. walls. Yep, up hills. And uh, ended up tapping out of that one um, for reasons I had a wedding that I kind of wanted to go to. <laughs> but also like just going logistically going back down there. Yeah. And then it was a quick turnaround and I didn't really plan that one very well. So, uh, for this next time, if I do it or do something, it's going to be thinking through like the whole schedule. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you know your flights in the airports. That's right. That's right. right. Nice. Well, as we land this plane, (laughs) what, what, uh, encouragement would you leave with anyone listening? Who's maybe wanting to just, uh, step out like in their fitness journey and is trying to Maybe they've done a couple of races and they're trying to take it to the next level. Maybe yeah. they're skeptical of what they can do. Like, yeah. What would you say? I don't think it's bad to challenge yourself ever. And then I would challenge anybody. And here's the reason why I'm not going to do the marathon again. I had two goals in my marathon when I ran it. One, to get under four hours. And the other one is not to walk. Those are my two goals. And, man, that's another story for another podcast. But I almost walked and there was somebody like, it was like an angel that like literally the next step I was going to be done. And he like came out of the crowd and helped me spanked and you basically. <laughs> uh, and then that actually is a fun story to think about. But then I ended up finishing in three hours, 58 minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, wow. So I finished my 
those so two those two goals. And so the reason why I went back to Ragnar is because like I felt like it absolutely crushed me. And so I wanted to go back and finish strong. And so for anybody out there who's tried to accomplish something, felt like they got beat up, I challenge you to like train and go get that thing. Yeah. Like there's a different kind of motivation when like I looked at that thing like a beast that I was going to go conquer. Yeah. Instead of the first year, it was like, well, what to expect? And I didn't have any expectations and it absolutely owned me. Yeah. So to me, I use that as motivation. I hope that would be something our listeners can take away. If like, what are the things that have you or conquered you that you can go back and have a different kind of mindset? Yeah. It's an idea. And knowing you, whether or not you ever do Ragnar again, I'd be willing to bet that this won't be the last type of running or physical endurance type of oh, challenge no. that yeah. you do. No. Right. And we talk a lot when it comes to goal setting of setting like identity based goals instead mm-hmm. of like outcome based. Because if you're just like, I want to run a marathon and then you train for those weeks and months and maybe you even have like, I want to run the marathon in like under this time. Mm-hmm. And then you do that and you achieve your goal. A lot of times you're left feeling with like the sense of, oh, now what? It's like I achieved yeah. my goal. And a lot of people who do that, like yeah. they don't ever run again. So if you can kind of reframe that of like, I want to be the type of person who is a runner or who consistently like challenges myself physically, um, even mentally, like you were talking about, then once you achieve the, the goal, it's just like a stepping stone into like the person that you're trying to become. So that would be my encouragement. That's good. But, uh, no, thanks for, uh, giving us the rundown of year two. Yeah. I'm excited to see, uh, what's in store for you next year. (laughs) You've been listening to the uncommon podcast. I've been your host, Ryan. I'm Philip. Go out and uh, push push the boundaries of what you think you can do. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.